Welcome to the Week in Italian Startup, where we discuss the latest highlights happening in the Italian tech and investment ecosystem. Last week has been pretty intense in terms of volumes, I would say. So let's, uh, let's uh, jump right into that. So Nucleo raising about three, 300 million euro to continue working on the, uh, its innov- innovative nuclear reactor technology. So that's, uh, that's probably the biggest news of, uh, of the week, I would say. And uh, yeah, I mean, compared to, compared to any other race, whenever nuclear is involved, everything pales up. So yeah, exactly. but again, that's, that's the kind of business that requires billions. So we are basically seeing seed rounds that are used to, you know, try to validate the initial stages of the technology. And we'll see further rounds down the road the next few years, it takes time. I mean, nuclear is not really a startup in the most classical sense, but uh, I can't refrain from uh, talking about it in the, in, the, in the newsletter. You know, this technology is something that might have a huge impact on our society. And considering what's going on nowadays with energy in particular. Mm. Definitely relevant, absolutely relevant. I agree. Definitely relevant, exactly. So let's talk about it. And yeah, I think they opened and closed the round in just a few months. Three I think months. it was three months. In three months, this guy like managed to to raise that. I don't find think there is much information about the investors in this round. It's kept pretty pretty private, I would say. But uh, but yeah, as you say, not traditional probably, not traditional VC, not the traditional sort of like press release uh, way of thinking about about you know promoting raising. So it's very, you know, straight to the point, probably also big corporation, probably some maybe uh, institutional uh, investor, maybe related with state authorities, I would imagine. Um, I was reading that probably they're going to open also location in UK and France, and they have uh, some, subcon- some contractors on some of their technology, especially from France. So my guess is that there is a mixture of that for sure. So yep. uh, uh, let's it doesn't surprise me 100% that um, the list of investors is, is kept private. I mean, consider the type of technology that's kind of, you know, uh, it's, it tends to bias people. So reason strong in favor, strong against. So, you know, maybe there are also players and investors that are not willing to be listed on the web page as investors in the nuclear uh, reactor project. So maybe privacy is, you know, a feature of this type of investors that you really need. Yeah. And um, I think what is interesting, yeah, is that um, basically just to dig a little deeper on the kind of product they're trying to develop, it's mostly two phases. So if we check out essentially the, the website, uh, essentially what they're doing is really trying to reinvent nuclear reactors and developing gen- uh, generation four reactors. So. Uh, of course, I did my, my, my quick research and, uh, and this is interesting actually, it's, it's another rabbit hole because uh, so generation one reactor back in the 50s are the first prototypes that have been uh, produced, uh, not on a commercial scale, surprisingly, in the US and there is only a couple of examples. With generation two reactors, that's really when they got commercialized and most of, generate, of generation two reactor are the ones that are currently employed in most of the nuclear sites. That's very interesting. Uh, I mean, the unfamous one are the, 
the Fukushima one, it was a generation two. Uh, Chernobyl was a generation two, of course, back. Generation two just means the one develops from early 60s back to the 80s. So it's, it's a gap. Uh, then there's been a few iteration, essentially, generation like two plus up until three, and mostly is an improvement in safety and way of cooling, efficiency of, of the uh, energy production. So there are like deep tweaks and that have been made up to generation four, which is essentially the cutting edge uh, technology of reactor. And in this case, uh, they're trying to essentially use what is defined as MOX, which is uh, the byproduct of uh, uh, the refinement of plutonium and uranium. So it's a mixed plutonium uranium oxide. And uh, essentially the goal is really to make it as clean as possible and as sort of self-feeding uh, as, as possible in all the uranium and plutonium like uh, supply chain. So that's, uh, that's quite something. So there is a strong cha change in the fuel that they're going to use. This is the basic change. Am I getting right? Okay, interesting. That's correct. Now, there is also Generation 5, which is coming up, but apparently it's only theoretical. So we're talking about science, science fiction, but that's, I thought it was interesting to mention. Going back to nuclear, I think what is interesting is actually the roadmap which is extremely interesting and kind of brings in uh, all the work of uh, Nobel Prize winner Carlo Rubbia, which actually is the mentor of uh, Stefano Buono, the, the CEO and founder of Nuclear. So it's really a lifetime project with like big, big long-term consequences and a deep research and in the, in the field. So the idea is really to start with a prototype in the next five years. And basically what they're pushing is not only the uh, reactor production itself, the reactor manufacturing and prototyping, but also a facility that produces uh, MOX, so the fuel. So it's, it's a kind of a, it's a parallel play. So they, they both uh, are looking into the production facility and technology and the reactor manufacturing and prototyping. So that's really the two lines where they're going to develop their product. So five years, there's going to be the the, the first uh, sort of iteration, seven to 10 years is gonna be the mini lead cooled fast reactor uh, we're with the 30 megawatt. And uh, a megawatt is one million watt for uh, the ignorant like me that don't know much about these things. <laughs> and then scaling it up essentially to 200, uh, still considered small, but then peaking to what they call ADS, accelerator driven system, which is the concept that uh, Rubia was the one uh, proposing essentially, which is uh, a different kind of, of uh, uh, fuel, more efficient, thorium-based. So whatever that means, I'm not a, a scientist, so I don't know, I'm, I'm sure it's, uh, it's probably uh, the highest level of uh, uh, self-generation, circularity and safety. So that's really the end goal of the game. So I thought it was, uh, it was particularly relevant and interesting. Yeah, in that sentence, the, 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 the two words that hits me are particle accelerator. <laughs> what the heck? Yes, <laughs> exactly. The fast reactor is coupled with the particle accelerator. <laughs> okay. Yeah, you know, the usual thing. It's just a subcriti subcritical LFR coupled with a particle accelerator. Nico, it's yeah. a... Whatever that is, but... Normal thing. <laughs> 
That's true. That's true. That's very impressive. That's very impressive, and probably it's uh, in the in the on the sort of impulse to make uh, maybe like a particle accelerator, like more commercialized in a way. I would say exactly like a nuclear reactor were back in the 60s and 50s. So so that's uh, the next generation of of electricity, cleaner of the cleanest of electricity production mechanism. Very interesting. Fascinating. That's, that's, a, a that's a rabbit hole right here. Mm-hmm. Awesome. <laughs> All right, moving on. Yeah, let's go, go back to the boring startup world. Back, back to the digital uh, startup world happening in Italy. So 2.6 euro million round by Serenis. Very, very interesting play. Founder is one of the rock star, I would say, of Italy, uh, Silvia Wang. Uh, already founder of Pronto Pro, which is a company that essentially provides uh, access to professionals uh, through a platform. So they're trying to do the same, but uh, specifically uh, meant for uh, uh, mental wellness practitioner and connected them with patients that might need uh, help with uh, with with, uh, with mental um, with therapy. I would say, yeah. Yeah, million, not, not a tiny round. Um, I, I, I have to admit, I haven't searched very properly, but I couldn't find the, the, whether there was a lead investor or any professional investor. I believe there were quite a few business angels, also high profile business angels. I agree. Uh, we know that uh, a, a co-founder is uh, joining. Yeah. Um, The person I, I don't know, but uh, high profile, Daniela Franciscon. Yeah. A founder and another broker of men. Yeah. Uh, so another person with knows how to scale um, a retail startup. Yeah. Very interesting. 60,000 yeah, guests mean- since September 2021. Absolutely, no great, great, great founder. And this is like a, basically a, it's 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 a it's an it's an awesome team. It's a repeat founder team, which is a, not a certainty, but it's a high level of uh, success, uh, uh, post probability, I would say. Well, and that's kind of confirmed by the the request. So market is really responding extremely well. Uh, the company was born in 2021, and that's already six, sixty thousand uh, subscribers. So. So that's uh, that's definitely interesting. Uh, yeah, in terms of investor, yeah, but please go ahead. Sorry, yeah, in terms of investor, I agree with you. I didn't find the the, the sort of the, the more known investor. It's um, there is this company FG2 Capital, which with a, there is a there are like only the Instagram profile I would say, which is uh, basically they've been investing along uh, like other investor I would say. And uh, I think some of the founder really were extremely well on the secondary markets. So they really kind of uh, have, a, have a very good eye in terms of deals. So shout out to them, definitely interesting, uh, interesting player and hopefully some new people in the, in the venture space. So yeah. So online therapy, Nick, what do you think of that? I mean, it's- uh, No, I was, I, was, I was considering that this is something that it, Consider the numbers, not just the, those of Serenis, but there are other startups operating, operating in the space, like Uno Bravo, to name another one. 
uh, and they have crazy numbers, crazy growth. So it seems that it looks to me that online is the perfect channel for this type of uh, medical support, health support. So personal wellness, so uh, some psychology, lack of psychology support. Uh, it seems that somehow it's something that people wanted. And uh, I'm, I'm, I'm you know, surprised that it took so, so long to get to startups offering that type of service in the market. So it's 2022 and the first examples were probably from 2020. So interesting, very interesting. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, um, technically, this is something that, uh, like, uh, you know, therapy could have been done from the phone since the invention of the telephone, probably in some way or another. But maybe because, uh, you know, uh, video calling technologies, improvements, like a more, a more seamless experience of talking with other humans, uh, distancing, of course, probably had a huge impact. So that all these variables probably made the uh, the ground extremely fertile so it was probably it is probably the right moment for that i agree so that's that's a, that's that's a very good good comment yeah i agree you're right yeah that's the future yeah. of psychology probably i mean that's uh, that's how you scale your your psycho your psychology practice and uh, that's awesome because uh, that's something that other uh profession cannot do think of dentists i mean i cannot uh, get my yeah. cavity fixed through zoom <laughs> And uh, I totally agree with you. In, in, in a sense, psychology is probably the strongest branch of medicine right now in terms of disruption for, from digital. Yeah. I mean, uh, <laughs> almost everything in the, in the medical sector is based on big data. Yeah. So knowledge based on, on big data and research. So a lot of branches of the medical, medical world are going to be disrupted by technology. Uh, by changing the way it could work in the future, probably. But psychology is very positively somehow uh, impacted by, by technology. Totally. It's about conversation, it's about relationship. And it seems that now technology is bridging people. And that's nice. Yeah, I agree. I agree. Maybe there is a space for like basic care or something, you know, sort of, uh, you know, the, the, like the, the, the initial relationship and approach with a doctor whenever, you know, there, there has well, been I, experiment like that. I don't I know. Feeling, uh, and I'm probably going to not being able to reach a doctor anymore in the, in the future if anybody's listening, but they've got this feeling that most of the most roles in the medical professor profession will become customer relationship roles. Mm -hmm. Good point. <laughs> this impression, but you know, uh, because the rest will be, you know, uh, and, and a, a conglomerate of computers can crunch data much better than single humans. So, yeah, last time uh, we were talking about how surgeon might be replaced by engineers. Now is like a psychologist over over video calls and maybe the metaverse. And uh, yeah, that's yeah, but uh, about psychologists are in a very perfect position because mm -hmm. they are they yeah. currently are in the customer relationship role. So they are talking, interacting with their customers. So the, the, the interaction is the the medical product. Mm -hmm. But that's not so in all the other, that's not the same in all the other relationship with the medic, with the doctor. So true. So I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. 
uh, after this probably i will not be able to <laughs> talk to <laughs> like ah, yes well then please you ask your computer okay yeah, yeah. there you go send an email fantastic awesome talking about post-pandemic world let's talk about meters meters is a great platform that uh, essentially is uh, is reviving all the community meetings uh, raise and they raised a 2.4 million euro with uh, uh, CDP Venture SGR also participating. Uh, great founders also. Uh, I know Francesco, very driven and driven founder. He's been a lot. Of, he's been like active in the startup world for a long, very long time. And uh, yeah, they've been doing great in the sense that in uh, they're they're targeting a very specific audience. They really work a lot on matching the right people all together and providing this like custom made experience. And so they, they're having like a great, uh, great, a great traction. So that's uh, that's an awesome way to kind of reconnect in a meaningful way with people. Yeah, no, nothing to add here. The, uh, this round is an extension of the previous one uh, raised by the startup a few months ago and crowdfunding, I believe. Yes. Uh, and this time the half a million were invested by CDP uh, Venture Capital. Here they are with the year-long funding. Yeah. And uh, our friend from uh, Azimut, also our, our part of the investor rooster, of course, uh, through the Altif, Alicrowd, uh, which is, yeah, which is obviously, you know, an offshoot of Mama Crowd. So they, they kind of, there is this, uh, this relationship. Um, and also we have celebrity investors. So Giorgio Chiellini, mm. uh, it's, uh, which doesn't hurt. And I'm sure it definitely brings like a very good marketing. I believe Kellini is building up an interesting startup portfolio. So ah. not the only investment he's made, but there are quite a few. So bringing back uh, the idea of you know celebrity VCs, like uh, legit celebrities VCs, maybe he can be one of our candidates, Roger Kellini, mm. in Italy. Yeah, yeah, I agree with you. In this case, it looks like he's doing you know the right cherry picking. Interesting. Um, so that's. That's interesting. Awesome. Right, moving on. Let's talk about Growish Pay. Growish Pay is very, a very, very interesting business model. So it's BaaS, so banking as a service. Uh, essentially, they're providing uh, the backend of a ton of different financial services that banks, uh, digital payments, startup, uh, marketplace offer, and so they they do these services as a white label. So it's a very, very interesting and, uh, and uh, uh, particular business model. They've been managing to raise uh, 850K euro, um, which was used specifically actually to acquire uh, school pay. Scuola pay, sorry. Yeah, Scuola pay. School mission actually, Scuola pay. That's more complicated. I mean, Scuola pay is a, is a product of Growish pay. Uh -huh. So they basically, Verticalized. Sorry, you're right. You're right. Yeah, yeah. My mistake. There, there are school mission, school pay, growish pay, school residency. <laughs> exactly. It's very complicated. But it's interesting because what they're doing is basically they, they created this. Um, so the banking as a service is a pivot of the original idea of growish pay. Uh, and then they verticalized, they, they themselves verticalized the banking as a service in the school sector by creating this uh, 
fintech offering, vertical fintech offering for the school ecosystem from, you know, paying for, um, uh, for, for books and things for school to offering dedicated banking services to students. So it's basically a very vertical fintech for kids, yeah. for people going to school. Uh, I think it's powerful. I think it's very powerful because it simplifies probably a lot of like other platforms that are not well fitted for uh, for that specific uh, that specific um, ecosystem. So school uh, traditional in Italy were not as digital as we wish. So if, especially school management, unfortunately, they need to kind of catch up a lot with technology and having a very simple and direct uh, product made for them. That's absolutely powerful instead of having like a multifunctional high-level uh, payment system that is an overkill for them. Mm, yeah, yeah, I agree with you. Uh, this is one of the mom- historical moments where apparently the vertical something is, you know, is king. So verticalizing uh, a service in order to be the one-stop shop for a specific niche or segment of users mm-hmm. without having other players uh, having to be adopted by the user. That's an interesting take. In the school sector is not so small, so there are exactly. not much going on there. So. Exactly. I don't know how much uh, how much transaction that can happen overall for schools. I don't think it's a huge market, but probably is is a solid, repetitive, constant, and uh, you know profitable in the end. I would say, and especially if there's no other platform doing that, that's a very interesting way to enter a, a solid market. Uh, I think I think uh, having a kid going a kid going to school would help to you know the budget daily budget <laughs> related. Yeah. related, but don't uh, so I don't know. But probably is not not a big ticket. So I mean fees, uh, special payments, trips, uh, of course not books and stuff and not services related to school yeah. and so on so forth. So but it's enough. I mean, if that's simple and the school management can really, you know, use it seamlessly, it's a no-brainer. It's, uh, it's interesting. Yeah. Cool. Awesome. Let's, uh, let's talk about Silver Lake. So Silver Lake, behemoth investment firm uh, acquiring essentially um, a majority stake in Facile.it. That's, uh, that's interesting. So. Uh, they got the majority stake from uh, two different private equity firms, EQT and Oakley Capital. Uh, and uh, yeah, I, it, be, it, it would be curious actually to see how things are going to change or not, maybe. So that's, uh, that's interesting. I mean, Silver Lake is huge. Uh, it has about 88 billion under management, active since, since uh, early 2000, and, well, and end of the 90s, early 2000. 2000. If you look at the portfolio, it is impressive. I mean, everything, Airbnb, Airtable, uh, Carta, uh, pff, a lot, really, really a lot of very, very like a staple uh, name that are that are still extremely thriving like today. So that's, uh, that's pretty cool. And uh, across different uh, verticals too. Yep, that's, 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 so the question you're asking is quite interesting. So what's going to happen to Facile.it? So the, from the press release, the, pre, the official press release, they're saying that Facile.it has become the second Italian unicorn. Good point. Uh, that's interesting because it's a unicorn on the secondary transaction, mm-hmm. not, a, not a direct investment, as far as I can, as I can understand. 
And I, I wonder what, what they're going to do. I mean, prepare the company for an IPO. Mm-hmm. Well, probably not in the short term, not in this market, but who knows? Uh, I don't know. It would be interesting to see what's next for Patrick and Gates. Awesome. Company in 2021 generated approximately 140 million in revenue. Yes. Not too shabby. Not too bad. Not too bad. Mm-hmm. For I think the powerful is the powerful is this the four million customer every month that compare prices. That's uh, that's extremely powerful. So the revenue I don't think it's surprising particularly I would say, but uh, the turnover of of user uh, using the platform that's absolutely impressive. Mm-hmm. No, that's a lot. Four million a month. Yeah, that's huge. Very interesting. Awesome. All right. Um, now let's switch to. Uh, I just just to name now on the M and A part. Uh, you probably need to shout out to Will Media mm-hmm. for the acquisition by Cora Media. Uh, not a huge transaction for five point two million. Uh, for uh, it, it, it's valued on the community. I believe Wimedia has one point something million user in its community. So it, the, the metric is interesting. Uh, Wimedia was a startup that raised 1.2 million a couple of years ago, I believe, between okay. 2019 and 2020. Uh, there was some you know, troubled waters actually right after the, the investment because one of the founders had to leave after some problems uh, but apparently they clicked on and they found, found a new place in Cora Media. Beautiful, great story. I mean, that's, that's, that's a media, new media company focused on uh, live con- media, digital content, so podcasts and so forth. So we should probably pitch them first. Yeah, I know. <laughs> Fantastic. <laughs> Beautiful. Awesome. Let's move to uh, some of the protagonists of this podcast, Banca Sella, that has been uh, very active in different space. And now I think last week kind of surprised a bit everyone in like launching these very specific metaverse accelerators. So it's, a, it's, a, it's an accelerator focused on in finance in the metaverse. So it's not just metaverse, but it's specifically it's it's a it's a vertical of a vertical, so that's a, that's a it's a meta level of, of a vertical. That's a, I thought it was very interesting. Well, it's nice. Sometimes you try to move uh, move faster than what 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 everybody's talking about. So everybody's still stuck with the metaverse. Yeah, it's nice to you know try to to look after it or beyond it. Absolutely. But vertical services directly to finance for the metaverse. Yeah. I don't know. That's that's gonna be interesting. I mean, Sela is a bank. is a bank of a lot of technology mm-hmm. in the uh, fintech uh, space. Uh, so it makes absolute sense. Uh, and the, the, I, I have to mention that the program will be run by the Pixel, which is a former company and a friend of Primo Ventures. So absolutely, uh, great team. So very happy with them for this product, uh, this project. It's gonna be interesting. I'm curious about who's gonna graduate from this project. Yeah, so uh, it's a six-month pro- uh, program with four phases, uh, starting from scouting and selection, and pretty much ending up 
with the five finally startups receiving 100K each, uh, that then will be like uh, used to scale the company and then uh, match them with other like operators in the, in the industry. So I thought it was, uh, it was a very, you know. The metaverse industry has something to say. Awesome. Yeah. Great. I agree. It's funny that they're like, of course, the metaverse is, is happening. So let's let's just go on and move move along. Let's go beyond. Yeah, I like that. It's smart awesome. move. It's smart move. <laughs> All right. Let's talk about our friend Doug Leon or Doug Leone. <laughs> How do you pronounce his name when he's in Genova? <laughs> I, no, I have no idea. Very <laughs> funny. I so, also so start was born in Italy, right? I was born and grew up in Italy, so... Yeah, his family is originally from uh, Liguria, from Genova. Uh, I think he moved... I don't know if he was born uh, like first-generation American or if he moved when he was really small, but he remains one of the big VC rock stars of our... of... of yeah, forever. I mean, that's, uh, that's definitely founder of, of Sequoia and uh, someone that really like invested in some of the best tech that happened in the history of tech. And uh, yeah, he's a kind of the giving start Startup Italia some, uh, some interesting take on what Italy should do. So the first thing that he says is that, uh, yeah, we're kind of a little bit behind compared to France, Germany, and the UK, fine, fair enough. I agree with that. Uh, and, and then he's just uh, take a very quick t twist and being extremely clear saying, look, you need uh, STEM engineers. Ingredient number one. Ingredient number two is really uh, focusing on future verticals, which is artificial intelligence, Web3, robotics and clean energy. This is it. This is recipe from the three star chef, VC chef. Dagelion. <laughs> yeah, and and just one deal of the week out of the uh, out of the four that we had is one of these areas. So this is a mismatch. Yeah. Awesome. I want to last mention what is happening with Google, which uh, you mentioned. I think it was uh, particularly cool. So Google is opening what is called the cloud region. So essentially in Milan, there are going to be two cloud regions. Uh, Google have been opening those kind of regions all across the world. And uh, essentially what a cloud region is, is a specific uh, location where um, companies can find a certain kind of services uh, in virtue of the fact that all the whole infrastructure is uh, capable of capturing high speed internet, uh, good data security and a lot of different uh, product that, that Google can offer. And uh, it is interesting because in the Google website, uh, if you look into Google Cloud, you can really see where you can find certain uh, product instead of other. Of course, Google offers uh, products that are widely, widely used from Data Studio to Data Lab to Cloud DNS, et cetera, et cetera. But certain ones are only offered through this zone. And mostly they're related probably with a, a higher level cloud uh, product and, and services, so including uh, Kubernetes engines. Uh, so um, that's that's an interesting way to conquer the world, I believe. Well, uh, the, the, when you look at these uh, up to a point, I mean, 
if, if, if you and I are setting up a startup and buying some Google services, you know, probably nothing would change. Yes. But there are there, there are important topics to consider when selecting an area because the area is a physical location for, for services. So proximity to your customers, uh, also the physical location of the of the uh, of the region is important for legal aspects. Mm-hmm, uh, mm-hmm. Good point. Client would probably not choose an American location because Good then point. data would be hosted there. So there are a lot of things to consider, uh, and having two regions in Italy is a commercial move that's pretty smart, pretty interesting actually. That means that Google is doubling down on Italy. Hopefully, they're looking, you know, past the current situation and expect the, the country to, to 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 grow a lot or faster than others. So. No, totally, totally. Hey, let's hope they're right. Yeah, oh, no, totally, totally. And uh, no, I like the take on the legal aspect. I didn't think about it. It's it's actually like probably primary compared to to like product. Product, uh, yeah. It, yeah, you're right. I mean, you can pretty much now uh, take advantage of most of the services kind of anywhere in the world. But uh, from a legal standpoint, there is like a further competition. You know where your data is and there yeah. are a lot of stuff going around. So. Great point, great point. All right, Nick, uh, thank you for joining. Uh, it was an awesome conversation and I'll see you next week. Ciao, Jack. Have a great week. See you, everybody, next week. Ciao, ciao.